Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. You're about to listen to a Women in Tech Remix episode, where we present to you a curated selection of impactful clips from previous episodes that you may have missed. And be sure to follow the links in the show notes to listen to the full episodes. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I'm Sheena Brady, and I'm the founder of TST and Founders Fund. We believe in investing in yourself and your well-being while investing in women around the world. And I'm based in Ottawa, Ontario. I think a recent example of a huge risk I took on, we had a partnership, ironically, with another company in LA. They gave us our biggest purchase order to date, and it was... 125,000 units of one product that I carried. So it was a really big order. And in order to make that happen, I needed money, obviously, to front the manufacturing costs of manufacturing this product. And so it was half a million dollars I needed to find. Yeah. Let's just go find (laughs) a half a mil. Yeah, yeah, let's that's go find crazy. half a million. Yeah, it was in and also in let's go find half a million in the middle of a pandemic. <gasps> Good luck. This was in wow. April. And I and I had our our um I was, you know, talking to my bank and I was like, you need to help me. Like this is again, like by this point I had a really good relationship with my bank and it took years to get there. But come on, half a million dollars is a lot of money, especially yeah. in the middle of the pandemic. I knew I was gonna have my work cut out for me. Yeah. And the thing about purchase orders for anyone who's not familiar with what that process looks like, if somebody buys something from you and commits to a large order you have to say yes to the purchase order first and then go to the bank and say, I have a guaranteed revenue purchase order. So it's kind of like a chicken and egg situation. I can't just go to the bank and say, Hey, I want to pitch this product, but can you back me for 500 grand? They're going to be like, um, no, go get the purchase order first. But then if I say yes to the purchase order and the bank says, Oh, okay, but we still can't do it. Then I have to let down the client and lose the sale. Right. It's a tricky thing. So I was pleading with my bank. I was like, look, you have to help me, help me figure this out. And I was organizing all the paperwork and everything, credit checks, all that stuff. And they were just like, look, we're so focused on helping businesses that are drowning in the pandemic right now. Like you're not our priority. Like we're really Mm -hmm. sorry. And I said, well, if you don't help me, like I'm going to become one of those businesses that are drowning, you know, in the middle of this pandemic. And so I, you know, I became super relentless and I worked with my amazing account manager and I worked with other banks. So this is, you know, I worked with three different banks to make this happen together. Um, and I had to put everything on the line. I had to, they were only able to help with, you know, 
like 75% of the money I needed. And I had to put up the other 25%. And I went everywhere from personal savings, every stock that I own. And I don't own that many stocks, but like it was everything I had. My daughter's RESP again, all my savings. Like I had to put up my home as collateral. If I were to default on it, I had to like do everything to make this happen. But I knew again, like calculated risk. My gut told me it was right. My gut told me like, this is amazing values aligned company that is an honor to be featured in basically. And it'll open up more opportunities. That's what my gut was telling me, but that's not a guarantee. But the data told me like 125,000 products going out means 125,000 new people viewing your product, which is a big deal. Right. And you want to boost your exposure in the U S because we're a Canadian company. This will help do that because it's an American company. And if you do this strategically, you can create incentives so that their customers come back to your website. Like they fall in love with your brand and then they come back to you and make it like an amazing experience. And so even though the margins were not super strong on that order, because again, of the size and everything, exchange rate, middle of the pandemic, all that stuff, I was like, this is also a marketing opportunity. So I looked at the data, I trusted my gut, I did what it took and I knew it was guaranteed revenue. At the end of the day, I will get paid, but it's a long time to get paid. And I had to sit on a ton of interest. My interest was $4,000 a month on that loan. Hey, this is Karen from KarenDwyer.com based in Dublin, Ireland. We look after people with chronic illness and we transform their physical, mental and emotional health. Yeah, I, I actually don't work well now if I don't go on to that. And I, and I go between the 50 minute, 25 minute session, sessions. But yeah, where I'm at at the moment is that I, I'm in a, a huge tech upgrade at the moment. and I've invested so much money and I, I'm in the last like 0.05 percent of that before my next program um, launches in February. But I found this incredible platform called Better Practice and it's actually built for nutritional therapists, but I can track all of the food, the sleep, the, uh, the um, whatchamacallit, the mood. Um, I, I can track so much and it allows all of my faculty then to go in and be able to keep on top of people individually and communicate effectively like it is honestly such an amazing platform and I get that you know the likes of Kajabi and things like that out there are amazing better practice probably have a little bit of of way to go to make it that kind of marketing friendly so to speak but in terms of of user interface and for me it's amazing and there's an app too but I'm I'm building my own um my own platform in the background as well to feed into my own but in the meantime that's what I'm using and it is great But, you know, the want to have everything perfect and that user experience perfect can be absolutely debilitating because I spent so long researching what I could do, what was it within my capabilities and budget and all the rest that you could actually sit back and not do anything for a long time and just wait for it to be perfect or wait, you know, the next few months to have my own platform up and running. But for now, that's what I'm using and it is working so, so well. Um, and the feedback has been incredible for my own um, clients and participants. So, And let's talk about perfection. I, if I remember correctly, we were on a focus mate session. You and I did not know one another. And in your session, your goal for that session was to launch. Yeah. And so <laughs> and like did. we launched together. Like I was like, you're <laughs> like, I'm launching my company right now in this focus mate session. And I'm like, go <laughs> you. <laughs> 
I know. You were there when I pressed the go button on my website and on that platform. I took like, pictures, was... right? I think I sent you the <laughs> no, pictures. You did. Yeah. you did. I've actually got to post them. That was so cool. Like, talk about the universe and like lining it up to be perfect. I think I pretty, I think I cried during that focus mate session because it was so uncomfortable because I, like I wasn't ready. I don't think I ever would have been ready. But, you know, you're like, I could have had this or I should have that ready or, you know, I should have a different picture there or whatever it might be. And I just hit go. And, you know, the sweaty palms come back even when I talk about it now because there's still a couple of widgets that I, I need to uh, I need to update and replace. But, yeah, I, I launched my my website and my platform while I was on a focus made session with you. So it's live and it's not perfect, but it's, you know, it's there. Hi, I'm Ellen Scanlon, the co-founder of The High Guide and How to Do the Pot podcast, a cannabis education platform for women. Well, the way that I think about hierarchy is the conditions. So the, the top conditions that we focus on. So things like sleep, things like sex, things like stress. Those are just enormous, enormous topics. So that would be the top of the hierarchy. And then digging down and thinking about where we could make an impact mm. and where we could rank on the first or second page. Totally. Another great little tip trick online related to SEO. And Ellen, you may want to even implement this with Do The Pod is MindMeister is a mind map tool that I use. And MindMeister has public mind maps. And those public mind maps, because MindMeister has been in business for so long, rank really high on Google search engines. So if you create a public mind map that everybody could see with the right keywords, it's probably going to rank at the top of Google. And as long as you include your website or podcast or whatever it is in the main bubble or in one of the bubbles, you could receive traffic that way as well. So... A little bit. This is why yeah. I knew I wanted to talk to you. <laughs> a, a little bit of novelty. Hey, you guys, maybe we'll do like a deep dive into SEO one day to, to benefit all of you and building your companies and your roles. But getting back into how you built community for Do The Pot, how do you continue to cultivate community to ignite the conversations, to rally everyone together? Do you focus on email list, where do you focus that funnel of people finding your content online? And now how do you transform the discovery of the content into a community? Well, we want to be away from algorithms. Uh, that's been really just what we've had to do. And so, yes, we have a newsletter that has been going out since July. And uh, we send it out every other week. And that's intentional because we really, really want this content to be special and we want people to be excited about it. And there are conventions that we always set up. We always do the same kinds of things. That's been, I think, an important part of building community in cannabis, finding conventions that women are used to in other areas of their life and then bringing that to cannabis so it feels more familiar. So cannabis is just such a big topic. And if you have had a bad experience or if you're not willing to step into a market that is, you know, that was illegal for a long time. There are just a lot of barriers. So you utilize your newsletter a lot in order to cultivate the community. Uh, what do you use for your newsletter program? Well, interesting story. We started with MailChimp, but we were kicked off because they said that we had, uh, we were allowing links to CBD, uh, which was kind of wow. because we were actually linking to THC companies for sure. <laughs> but um, now we use Clavio, which is uh, something that was recommended by other peers in the industry. And it, when we got on the call with Clavio, the very first thing they said was, you know, we love cannabis brands. We know a lot of other email providers don't, and we want to help you and we want to help this industry. So it's been a great resource. I have to say I was a little bit 
Well, it was just a huge undertaking to switch platforms, but Clavio is generally, I think, used for product emails. And so a lot go out. So we are paying for more than what we're using, but they have an interesting feature where you can uh, send your email, schedule everything, and then you can actually send it again to the unopens. I wasn't sure how it was going to work, but it, it's been a great tool for us. And we change the content a little bit or change the headline and send it a few days later. And uh, we have been getting very, very good open rates. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.